0: Hello and welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories that is making the headlines. My name is Sophie Parrott and I'm the online editor at HR Grapevine and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined again by Kieran Howes, Deputy Editor at Executive Grapevine Digital Media. So welcome back to the podcast, Kieran. I hope you've been keeping well, and at least the weather has cooled down slightly for all of us this week.
1: Yes, yeah, I'm glad to be back, and I'm also glad that I am not sweltering anymore.
0: (laughs) Well, for now, anyway. Yeah. so just before we dive into the topic of today's podcast, Kieran, I'd just be interested to find out if there is anything in particular or any stories that have potentially caught your eye this week.
1: Always, Soph, always. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the news this week that Uber has reportedly jumped on the well-being bandwagon and introduced several meeting-free Mondays. We've also seen the surreal case within Nissan of some workers actually faking isolation orders. Very interesting news. And we've also published the worrying news that HR workloads could well soon rocket as homeworking looks set to continue.
0: So, I mean, there's definitely a range of different things that have been hitting the headlines, of course, all of which will have follow-on implications and interests for the HR function. And I think, actually, this is kind of a nice bridge to the topic for today's podcast, which will be around workloads. And I know workloads for HR is something that has been talked about quite a lot since the pandemic hit, largely because the people function was kind of front and centre of alleviating the disruption caused by the crisis. And actually, this is something that Sharon Doherty, Chief People Officer at Finastra, previously referred to in the LinkedIn post. And at the time, she wrote, since the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 to be a global pandemic on March 11, 2020, it's been a busy time for chief people officers. I guess from changing working practices to setting up staff to work from home and making tough decisions – Sharon Doherty said at the time that the volume of work for a chief people officer has never been greater. And of course, as we've all seen, as we've moved through the pandemic, new challenges and considerations have cropped up, which undoubtedly would have had an impact on HR workloads. One of the most recent, I guess, topics to be talked about is kind of the future of work and working structures going forwards, which, again, is something that HR will likely be involved in. Actually, this is something that a recent study from employee benefits from Halden Employee Benefits and Wellbeing looked into. The new research from them, which polled more than 200 senior HR professionals from a wide range of firms, found that as many as 88% of employers expect to facilitate homework in post the peak of the virus, and that almost two-thirds of HR specialists expect this change in working patterns to increase their workload. Now, Kieran, I know that this is some news that you covered recently. So what else can you tell us about this?
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, the survey ascertained that as well as nearly two thirds of all HR specialists now expecting more work coming up, 18% actually expected this to be a really significant increase. So it seems that many in the field of HR are worried about what challenges the concept could present. However, it is actually worth noting that 29% of those respondents to the study currently believe that the changes will largely not affect HR's workload. And actually, a a very small 3% of those who were polled expected the move to actually reduce their overall HR workload, which just evidences, I think, how divisive this current period really is. But I do think that the past year has kind of proven how logistically time consuming such a vast change can be for the departments in charge of rolling out all of these changes, which, of course, is HR. And whilst the data is actually kind of a little skimpy in the study itself with details on what exactly could contribute to this growing workload, I guess one of the main things to consider is HR's revised place within the corporate structure. So over the past year, leaders have seen firsthand just how essential the HR function really is. And we've heard from many key HR leaders throughout the past year that this has affected its place within the corporate hierarchy. So HR was moving towards a more central position as a leading function anyway, regardless of the pandemic and its effects. But it's really propelled this, meaning inevitably workloads will go up probably as a result, especially with much still to organise and consider in the post-Covid working world, like, for example, the case of hybrid working or long-term home working, as the study states.
0: Just to jump in here, Kieran, I just wondered, is there anything based on research that could potentially result in HR workloads going up during this time?
1: Yeah, so as I said, the original research here actually didn't shed too much light on this, but luckily, separate research from Breathe polled HR professionals on this exact subject and discovered that actually since March 2020, 21.4% believe updating company policies will continue to take up an awful lot of their time. 17.3% said recruitment-related admin is also a big time drain at the moment. And 15.1% said ongoing furlough management is also a big issue as well. And actually further to this, we spoke to Karen Holden, who's the CEO at a city law firm who we've spoken to many times before. And she said that with the furlough scheme set to be entirely phased out by September, 2021, it seems the burden on HR will only increase as employees are able to return to the workplace In some cases, after over a year of absence, she actually added as well that recent concerns over staff being pinged on the track and trace app and isolating will no doubt cause confusion and difficulties for HR departments who will need to have contingency plans in place for that. So, yeah, I guess that that's a brief summary of some of the things that HR can expect to kind of come up on the agenda going forwards. But I guess the the natural follow on here, Soph, is how can HR manage those workloads and, you know, really make sure that they're not kind of overwhelmed by them?
0: Well, I think that's definitely a, an interesting follow on question. And actually this is something that I posed to Vicky Field, who is an independent HR practitioner before the podcast. And I asked her about, you know, how HR can manage workloads if they do go up. And her response to this, actually, I thought was quite interesting, as she did say that she would question whether an increase in home working involves more work or whether that is just new work. So, for example, she said that currently within work, that they are in the process of drafting policies regarding homeworking, furlough, redundancies, and also new employee issues that are cropping up, like not wanting to return to the office and staff that may refuse the vaccine. I suppose the latter are some examples of things that HR wouldn't necessarily have dealt with before the, the pandemic hit. And Vicky finished off by saying to me, It gives us in HR an opportunity to do what we do best, put people at the heart of the business and advise our leaders on best practice, even if we're making up that best practice as we go. And I think whether HR does feel their workloads go up as a result or not, or whether they are having to take on new work, I think it still shines a light on effectively managing workloads, which of course is something that's very, very important in the workplace. So I just did a little bit of research before the podcast to share some best practice tips for how to go about this. So a recent 2021 article from lifehack.org shared some sort of general tips for effectively managing uh, heavy workloads. And the first one is to take time for effective planning. So I guess if projects or new things are properly mapped out, this could save time in the long run. And it can also provide greater clarity around timelines and deadlines and will also help with prioritising things to help reach that goal. Another thing recommended was playing to the strengths of colleagues in the team, as this can be a good way to bring focus and energy to projects. And it also said it's good to think of teamwork rather than working in silos. Also with anything, I think a focus on what is considered to be a priority can really, really help with managing tasks. When there's lots going on, it can be very, very easy to feel that everything is urgent and needs instant attention. But I guess it's really about drilling down to find out what is actually urgent and requires immediate attention and dealing with those sorts of tasks and projects first. And a final one was around the importance of keeping up and maintaining a healthy work-life balance. HR, of course, know the importance of maintaining a healthy work-life balance, particularly if workloads are heavy or increasing. It's even more so important to keep that balance intact. So those are just a couple of tips for generally managing workloads, but unfortunately that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market-leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletters, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com.